0: Hello and welcome to the season one recap edition of the PBWF, the Pie Bomb Wrestling Federation, presented by the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans by the fans. I'm your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting Chris Belcher, the leader of the Revolution brand. And of course, with me as always, the leader of the Mayhem brand, Mr.
1: Andy York. And Andy, we're at the end. This is it. This is it. Season one is in the books. And, uh, Try to believe we're already here, but man, I am itching for season two. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> season two is we're, al- we're already planning things about season two, so yep. get ready for that. Um, it's going to be an absolute blast. So make sure you subscribe to this feed. If you're not already, make sure you uh, give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. The show's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. So make sure you give us a review. We would appreciate it very much. And if you're just now stumbling on the season one recap episode – I would advise you to hit pause yeah. and go back and listen to what has happened before we tell you <laughs> what has happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is the official spoiler alert warning, so if you have not gone back and listened, yep. I would highly encourage you to go back and listen.
0: We're about a minute in, so spoiler alert, we're going to talk about all things that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. booking decisions, all those behind things. the scenes. All of it. so All of it.
0: So make sure you um, also make sure you follow us on social media at PBW Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Speaking of those storylines and all those things, we can't tell you all those things if we don't tell you how we got here. And you wonder how in the world that we started this show, this (laughs) fantasy booking show where we're yelling into the microphones and we're doing all this crazy nonsense. Yeah. How did it all get started? Well... From my book, I will give credit, Mm -hmm. where credit is due, to Matt Cardona (laughs) and to Brian Myers for during the pandemic, they started their own fantasy booking podcast, but it was based on wrestling figures. So what they did was they did a... Um, a series where they drafted specific sets or only specific sets of figures were eligible. They did, they basically rebooked the attitude era. Yeah. So they drafted uh, specific figures that came out during that time. And then they produced six months of storylines mm-hmm. using the figures and they did a season two. It wasn't quite the same, but that's for another time. <laughs> um, But that's where the Genesis, at least for me, Where this whole thing kicked off, and I know how much you enjoy fantasy sports and sports in general and fantasy booking and all that. Yeah. So that was the launching point to where we got to, which was drafting current rosters and booking storylines.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we talked about doing, like, the fig thing as well, but, you know, I have way less figures than you have, I think it's very fair to say. It was just me trying to get you to buy more figures. Yeah, which That's it worked. It I mean, it worked. I've I bought a lot of figures since then, which my wife not always happy about. But Join the club, brother. <laughs> Join the club. But um, it kind of started with that, and then, you know, we were talking about it, talking about doing it, and then Sam Roberts did his draft oh, special God. where he he took modern-day people, put them in, like – uh part-time category, main event category, mid-card t- category, things like that. And we didn't we didn't want to go as in-depth with that, but we wanted to like <clears throat> we wanted to draft and we wanted yep. to kind of do the two together, do current day people and kind of go back and forth with that. So that's yep. how that really worked. And like you said, I I love fantasy booking things, like my favorite thing to do I'm um, one of the weird people. I wish they'd give you more control in WWE 2K games to go into my universe and, like, set up rosters and yep. tell stories and things like that. Um, so, like, I, being able to do that on a podcast with AEW, WWE, New Japan people, like, anybody we wanted to bring in. Um, it was it was great to, to have the opportunity to bring those people in and do matches that we'll probably never, ever see. Right. But we can do them because, you know... We're fantasy booking it.
0: And you know, it wasn't just this big fantasy, you know, no rules, no none of that. We were we were sensible about it. We took injuries into account we did. and you know, we Well for took, the most part. For the yeah.
1: I messed up at the beginning, but we'll talk about that here in a minute probably. <laughs>
0: I mean, good grief. Yeah, you drafted Kenny Omega.
1: He was injured. Injured. None he was of on us. The first show.
0: None of us realized
1: that. No. None I, of us. He was like my second or third segment was Kenny Omega.
0: Yeah, and he showed up on the first show, and we had the rule of okay, if the guy is currently injured when you draft them, <laughs>
1: then he can't show up for I at least he was a month. Injured. I completely forgot he was We injured. all did. It's fine. Yeah, and he showed up. And then, like, when he returned, I was like, oh, yeah, Kenny's." He- oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I was not supposed to use him for the first month. We've been doing this whole yeah. thing wrong. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. No everybody everybody else, though, we followed the the injury rule. The protocol. And if, like, with Triple H, if they're retired because of Slash medical, medi- medical yeah, reasons, medical reasons, yep. they could get physical But they couldn't wrestle. Very limited. Yeah. Very limited.
0: Um, So we took all that in consideration. Basically, what we did is we took modern-day wrestling and we drafted them just as they are. Right. So if you listen to the end of the line um speaking of Triple H and that Undertaker situation, I had Sting come out and confront Undertaker for right. the very first time in the ring. Yep. Well, if we were to put that match in the ring and actually have it happen, it would be current day Sting versus current day Undertaker. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people that actually want to see current day Sting versus current day Undertaker maybe 15 20 years ago. Right. But even not 5 years ago probably. Even yeah. <laughs> but not so that that was the the Specs and the right. parameters that we gave ourselves—right,
1: current day stuff. Yeah, and which is why you know I didn't bring in Taker at the beginning, right? One off at the very, very end, and a and a not a quick match, but like in a match where he could do what he does, and then we go home like that type of thing. So right. it it was really interesting to have that kind of mindset with it, which is why I kind of stayed away or tried to stay away from people that had a lot of limits right. <laughs> on them, <laughs> for
0: sure. So we gave ourselves the ability to, to draft, like you mentioned, in different categories and part-timers. Uh, you know, I had Sting as a part-timer. You had John Cena. John Cena didn't come in until about halfway through. Month three, something like that. Yeah, Sting didn't come in until about halfway through for me. Yeah. So those part-timers, and we really kind of got convoluted in, in the way that we worked with some of them, Yeah. Um, which is fine, which, spoiler alert, as we get ready to draft coming up next season, we sort of eliminated those categories, and we've just kind of said, okay, you got to – at least have this many men and this many women on your roster. You can do whatever you want. And do whatever you want at that point. So, um, again, this first season was sort of, let's see how it goes. Let's see what we like. Let's see what we don't like. Um, And we, when we did this, when we started doing this, we had the draft. You get all excited about your rosters. And then throughout the season, we've talked about this several times, how much of a peek behind the curtain this gives us when we actually <laughs> get into the weeds and we're trying to book these people? Right. What was that like for you when you were f- starting to book these things and you realized, oh, I haven't used this person or I need to use this person or just what what how that opened your eyes to actual wrestling?
1: Yeah, it opened my eyes a lot because, like, I had the people I used basically on a weekly basis, yep. like my main eventers, my, the people that the show was, was based around. <clears throat> and then I had other people that were like, could easily be main eventers that I wanted to use, but I couldn't find spots to use them in because I had already taken up so many spots and we had right. to give spots for my, my champions, um, which we have four. We had the tag, the mid card, the women's and the mate, like the right. the world heavyweight champion. So that was like, Four to seven segments, right there, depending on what you did. Sure. And then you know you've got some other main event people. Like I focused a lot on Bray Wyatt when I, when he appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I focused a lot on um, I focused a lot on Cena when he appeared too for the first time. So like I focused on a lot of those people. So like some people that I wanted to use kind of fell by the wayside because yep. I didn't have anything for them at the moment. But then it would kind of give me ideas of like, okay, i got to start introducing this person. And when I introduce this person, I have to find a way to storyline, remove somebody else to where it's not like I'm not using them anymore, something like that. If there was one person that you could pick on your roster,
0: and maybe it's two, maybe it's a tag team. Somebody that you thought you would use more, but you didn't. Or wanted to use more, but you just couldn't find a
1: spot for. If you had to pick one or two, who would that be? Drew McIntyre for one. And then I kind of booked myself in a corner with Malachi Black, in oh, some ways. Okay. Um, which the end result, I'm, fi- I'm I'm fine with. Yep. But I didn't get to use him. I didn't get to use him a whole lot mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the season. So like those two were probably the two that I was like, looking back on it, man, I didn't use Drew. Like I barely used Drew, yep. which frustrates me a little. Yep. And then Malachi was like, yeah, I kind of booked him into this corner where he couldn't really do anything without Bray. But, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get him apart from Bray without having this match, but this match needs to happen at the end. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do until then.
0: Uh, I've got
1: two, and this sort
0: of leads me, really two questions in one. Somebody you thought you would use more, and then maybe somebody you, and you can answer this too if this is different for you, somebody you would have used differently. Mm -hmm. Just like the way that the story progressed you you were sort of booked into a corner, like you said. Right. And you wished maybe you would have used Malachi differently than what you did, but you got into this corner, and you said, well, I kind of have to go this way. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there anybody else besides Malachi Um, that you thought about that for?
1: Kind of Wardlow, too. Okay. Like, when he got put together with Revision, and then Revision kind of fell apart, he was kind of feuding with Triple H at the same time, but, you know, I was focused on Seth and Triple H. Yep. So that's when kind of... But I kind of got through with that because I put Joe back with Triple H and then Joe and Wardlow went at it. So it was like those two right. were kind of feuding with the Triple H thing. So probably Wardlow is another one where I used them, but I wish I could have used him in better spots. Sure.
0: Hands down for me, the one that I would change is the Usos. Yeah.
1: Because
0: yeah. I, the Usos... If you listen to our regular podcast, by the way, Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast drops every Friday on a separate feed. Make sure you go subscribe to that as well. Um, available wherever you find your podcast and on the BodySlim.net YouTube channel. Yep. Um, we talk about it on the regular podcast all the time. The Usos are my favorite tag <laughs> team. There's, there's no ands, ifs, buts about it. Those guys are my favorite and have been for probably the last six, seven years. Right. Ever since they turned heel on SmackDown, I'll never forget it. Yeah. And they started with the new Usos music. Like, it's off to the races for me. But I had them on my roster. And I was booking the Bloodline, because I had Roman as well, booking the Bloodline similarly to the way they are booked on TV, but I didn't want to give the Usos the tag titles because I didn't want to replicate exactly what was on TV. Right. And I was afraid if I gave them the titles at the same time with Roman, I would just do the exact same thing. Right. So I intentionally avoided it. If, if you guys listen to the Eve of Destruction, uh, week 24, yeah. um, our last TV before the pay-per-views, I said repeatedly, the Usos were getting their first tag team title <laughs> shot of the season.
1: Yeah. And it happened
0: on the last TV of the season. That blew
1: my mind when you said that. First time. Because I was trying to think back. I was like, man, I feel like they've fought for the titles before, but they were always in qualifying matches where exactly. they lost.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They were in, the way that it started, they were in the Battle Royal. Yeah. And they got thrown out of the Battle Royal to qualify for the match. And then they we had a tournament. Yeah. They got beat in the tournament. Yeah. So they never had a tag title match. That's crazy. So if I could have booked them differently, I would have. But I I like you said about Malachi, I yeah. booked myself into a corner because I was like, I need to do something different. But if I just give them the titles, what am I doing that's creative? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But somebody that I wish I would have done, um, how did I phrase that question?
1: Somebody that I thought I
0: would use more. But I didn't. Brian Danielson, hands down. Yeah.
1: I, he was one of those, two when, like, I used him. I'm trying to think how my world championship matches went. Because, like, the first one was Kenny and Seth for the title. Mm-hmm. I think the second one was Seth and Danielson, Brian Danielson. It was? You're so right. Like, I, I used him. But then, I after that, I was like, I don't know what to do with him. So you traded him. So I traded him for... That was the AJ and Finn and the Good Brothers trade. Correct. Because I gave you Danielson, Cody, and what tag team? Luchas. I gave yep. you the Luchas. Um, and so, like, yeah, who's one of those who were like, yeah, I'd love to have him on roster. I have nothing for him. I don't know what to do with him. And so when I dumped him off to you, I was like, Chris will find something for him. And, and then I didn't. He showed up like three times, I think.
0: Yeah, that was it. He, his first appearance was in the Call Your Shot gauntlet ladder yep. match, and he got beat. Yeah. And then I just said, like, I envision Brian being, like, if you guys follow, obviously if you're listening to this, you follow the show. I envision Brian being, like, the Intercontinental title or the Intercontinental champion who goes out and fights every week.
1: yeah Like a John Cena
0: U.S. Open challenge or what. Like, that's what I envision Brian being. But I was so set in sort of the ways that I was doing that that I didn't want to give him the title because <laughs> I had other plans for the title. You right. know, there was that situation with Johnny having the title. Yep. And then there was uh Andrade had to get the title and then it bounced around a little bit and, you know, Miz got the title. And that again, talk about this real quick. Miz getting the title and then the whole Ric Flair storyline again, as I said on the episode, was not on my radar whatsoever. (laughs) Is there a storyline that happened on your show that just wasn't even remotely close to on your radar, but it
1: happened? Yeah. um, There were a couple that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head because there's so many storylines that are running through my head right now as as I'm trying to think. Yep. I think the the Bray and Brock one. Okay. Where Brock joined Bray. Yeah. And then I did nothing with that. That's probably another one that I wish I could have fleshed out more. Yep. Um, that one was like I had in my mind Bray was gonna beat Brock. Sure. I did not have Brock joining though. Yeah. And then like as I was going through it, I was like, what would it look like mm-hmm. if Bray had this beast? We still don't know because I did nothing with it. It's good point, <laughs> but but like that was probably the one where I was like, "That's not even on my radar," and that's happening. I'll give you another one: John Moxley being the champion as long as he was mm. was not on my radar, but I had full intentions of having him drop the belt to Kevin Owens. Yeah, and here he and is. here he is, and then I picked up Jericho from you, and I was like. Ooh, Jericho and Owens would be a lot of fun at the end. Owens not getting the belt anymore. Yeah, no, no, Mox is going to be the longest-reigning champion. And-
0: yeah, because I kind of, in listening to your shows, I kind of anticipated that Owens would somehow, maybe not finish the
1: season with the title, but yeah. he
0: would come out with the title somehow, yeah. and then it didn't happen.
1: And well, I, I, and then at the end of the line, I had full intentions of putting the title on Finn. Mm. And then the Roman trade happened. And I was like, Oh no, John needs it. Moxley needs it now. Moxley like Moxley to has to keep the title. Yeah. So I had to figure out a way to keep Finn strong, which I feel like I did because he was a menace in the last month of my show. Yeah. Um and then like the match itself, you know, was brutal and <laughs> so I had to make sure that they stayed together. To keep Finn strong while keeping the title on Moxley. But that but was not on my radar at all. One of the biggest things
0: that happened on my show that I did not see coming at all was hot potatoing the world title. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely Yeah No intentions of that Here's how it was going to go down Full peek behind the curtain (coughs) Roman Reigns was Always and forever Going to be the first champion Yeah There was no way around that Yeah Matt Cardona Was always and forever Going to be the guy That was going to beat Roman Reigns Yeah Always and forever. Yep. Because of if you listen the very first segment of the very first revolution show, Cardona comes out and he says he's won these titles all around the world and it's all these indie promotions or yep. whatever. And Roman looks down on it. Cardona's shockingly gonna be the one that beats him <laughs> and turns Roman into a spiral. Yep. That storyline is planned out from beginning to end, it worked out exactly what I wanted it to. Adam Cole. Always going to be the one to beat Matt Cardona because of the Brit-Chelsea thing. Right. That was going to springboard their feud. That worked out perfect. What I did not anticipate (laughs) was Tommaso Ciampa beating Adam Cole. Yeah. And then when Andy and I worked together Mm -hmm. and Roman ended up going over to your show for a short time because it fueled the storyline over here. Yeah. And I got Seth in return because
1: Triple H suspended him.
0: Because Triple H suspended him. Yeah. So then I was like, Well, wait a minute. How do I get? How do I make the most out of Rollins? Right. Like, what's that makes the most sense? Because your stuff with Roman made sense yeah. the way you were able to get him in there. Yeah. What makes sense for Rollins? Well, we can put the title on Rollins. <laughs> what if we did that? Well, then he's got to lose it. Okay. Well, if Rollins loses it, how does he lose it? And and is the strongest that he ever is. Right by losing it, well, you can drop it to Cody. That yeah. that works. All the while, I knew that I had this Randy Orton ace up my sleeve. Yeah. So then, when this Rollins thing comes up, I was like, Cody, Randy. Yeah, it tells done. itself. It tells
1: itself. It yeah. works
0: perfect. Yeah. That was not even close to on my radar.
1: Yeah, I. That was one of the things that shocked me. Is. My pure wrestling championship was the one I hot potatoed. Yeah. Like, it took three months, I think, for there to be a successful defense. Yeah, it was Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Lee was the first one to to successfully defend it. Um, I think it was longer than three months. It might have been. I feel like it was. So, MJF won it first in the ladder match where... You're really going to try to run through this? Here we are. MJF won it first. (laughs) MJF won it first through the ladder match where Brock showed up and destroyed Punk. Right. Bray showed up and... Revealed himself to Malachi Black. Right. MJF lost it. I forgot how overbooked that ladder match was. <laughs> oh, that ladder match was, oh my gosh, that ladder match was crazy overbooked. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, MJF lost it to Kevin Owens. Who lost it to Sami Zayn. Okay. Who lost it to Miro? No, Miro never won it. I don't remember who Sami lost it to. Anyways... It it hot potatoed around for a while. Right. And then Keith Lee won it, and he held it for, I think, a month. Yep. Swerve took it off of him, and then Swerve lost it in the last show to Walter. Yep. So, like, the Pure Wrestling Championship, I was fine with kind of hot potatoing around. Right. But I knew I wanted my world champion to be, like, a staple through the whole way. So, like, even when Seth lost it, he lost it because of Kevin. He didn't lose it clean. So, like... That that was one of my things. Is I want to make sure my world champion stays strong, yep. and not throw it back and forth. Yep. So I was like, I'm fine with having two champions through this whole thing.
0: I'm okay with the way that it worked out because it made sense. Because yeah. every time that my world title switched, it furthered a storyline for the person who lost it. Yeah. So for example, Tommaso losing it furthered the Ace and eight, Aces and Eights breakup, and. Cole losing it sort of fueled him and Cardona and Britt and Chelsea. Right. And Cardona losing it sent him into a spiral because he and Brian went after the tag belts. Yeah. And went after the IC belt. And then he, uh, in a fit of rage, turned on Brian. And, yep. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Rollins kind of wrote off in the sunset. And then we'll see how Cody responds to losing the title in season two. Right. Um, But speaking of all these storylines that we like, we didn't see coming, all this kind of stuff. Before we get to the positive, let's go to the negative first. Is there a storyline that you did this year, whether you planned it yeah, or you didn't plan it, but you just went for it and you just regret it? You're like, I just wish I hadn't done that. Whether you planned it and said, oh, that didn't work out like I saw it, or yeah, just one you just didn't want to do, but it happened.
1: So this might be my answer for both sides of this question oh. in a weird way. Okay, so the other
0: side being your favorite storyline. Yeah. Line.
1: Bray Wyatt. Okay. Like, there were there were moments in the Bray story that I really enjoyed doing. Okay. Which I'll we'll talk about when we get to it. Yep. Things that kind of I struggled with was kind of more towards the end of trying to wrap things up a little with Malachi Black and hmm. with... Okay. Like, by wrapping up the story with Malachi Black, but not completely wrapping up the Bray Wyatt story yep. itself and keeping that going. Um... So that was probably one of the ones where I was like, I'm not mad about it. I just wish I could have done some things differently with it. Sure. Um, another one probably would be with my tag titles, like the whole, the whole way through. Okay. Like I, I, I didn't, it's like the young bucks kind of like the Usos, the young bucks didn't win the tag titles until the, the end, very end the, end, the very end. Yeah. Um. And I didn't use FTR as much as I thought I would. Right. Like, I used them heavily the first two, three months. And then when, you know, revision, <laughs> my revision fell apart quickly. Yes, it did. And it fell apart very quickly. And from that point on, I was focused on the bar. I was focused on um, Good Brothers, the yep. Young Bucks, some other things. So I think my tag titles are probably the ones that I'm the most disappointed with. I think if I had to pick one
0: on my show that I'm the most disappointed
1: with, it's Aces and Eights. Really?
0: Yep. I think it went – I booked it exactly the way I wanted to book it. Yeah. But I just wish it would have been more impactful. Like – because you remember when we drafted. Yeah. You drafted Bully Ray and I almost came across the table you on you. Yeah, you did. Because I wanted Bully.
1: <laughs> and then I murdered him in like week three and then dropped him.
0: <laughs> and then I literally traded Charlotte for Taz because I needed Taz mm-hmm. – in Aces and Eights, because he was in the original Aces and Eights. Yeah. And I was so excited to build this faction, because I, I remember being so thrilled, like Santana and Ortiz is perfect for this, it, it's going to be great, and then it got the NWO vibe, and I brought Beer Money in, and Karrion Cross who had no business being in Aces and Eights, but that was the one that I thought it of, was a great idea, and it just didn't
1: work. That was the one that I was like, because full disclosure, when we did like pickups... I was like, yeah, I could pick up Karrion. Because, like, it was a hard it was a hard thing trying to find somebody to face Seth. <laughs> that sure. made sense for Triple H. Because, yep. like, obviously the first person that popped in my mind was Sean. And you're like, can't do Sean. I already got him. I was like, well, that sucks. I'll do Karrion Cross And he went, got him too. And I was like, what are you going to use Karrion <laughs> Cross for? And when showed up in Ace's 8. So I was like, this is different. I could see it, though. Yep. Like, partially I could see it. So, like, yep. that was one of the ones that I was like – I wish I had him, but I kind of... I well, see where you're going with him. I, I it, it just wasn't executed well. Yeah,
0: like in my head, <clears throat> I wanted to do take out Champa because that he was not originally a part of the plan. Right. It was going to be the the group was built around carrying cross, and I was going to push him, maybe not to the world title, but I was going to push him to be a killer because I called him Killer Cross on the yeah. show on the show, yeah. not carrying. Well, then I was trying to find a way for Champa and Johnny and what was happening there, and so insert Aces and 8s, and then it kind of went off the rails. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I wish I would have handed ace, Aces and 8s a little
1: bit different. Yeah. And, I, you know, I they were one of the ones that I did not in a million years thought would show up on your show. It's mm-hmm. like when you when they first showed up, I was like, this is cool. Like, Aces and 8s were, when I was watching Impact – yeah. It was Ace and like Ace and Nates were running wild. Yeah. And so I was like, You have Luke Gallows, you can throw Luke Gallows in there. Like mm-hmm. you had a lot of people in there. Yeah. Uh I was just hoping Mr. Kennedy would show up at some Man, point, but you know. he, he never did.
0: We've always got we've always got season two. I may I may bring back Aces and 8s We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe <laughs> I'll take a second stab at them and, and see what happens. Uh you mentioned the Bray Wyatt storyline uh and it being a good thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will tell you this. It's probably my favorite storyline that you produced all season. Really? Because Not necessarily my favorite moment, but probably my favorite storyline, because I was always, every single week that we would go to record, I could not wait to see what Bray did next. (laughs) Because you would always come with these weird, now, full disclosure, there's no video for this podcast. Right. So, when you would play these weird vignettes or whatever. Yeah. Like
1: I had to describe everything that was happening. And
0: not only that, but like it allows your imagination to go to those places that Bray himself in real life yep. takes you to. Yeah. So like trying to visualize all that and those kind of things, that was comp- that was super
1: compelling to me. I absolutely loved it. I think my favorite thing I did with Bray was those vignettes where like it started with like somebody walking through the desert Yep, and you walk up to a burnt house. Yep, which obviously plays into Randy catching his house on fire. And sure. then you walk in, and you've got like um, the rocking chair, mm-hmm. and you've got the hanging doll heads from that horrible House of Horrors yep. match. Yep. and then you walk up the stairs, and you've got the the white sheep mask and the black sheep mask yep. from uh, Eric Rowan and Braun, because Braun wore the the black white sheep, sheep and, mask. Yep. And then you walk down the hallway, and in the in the corridor, in the in the that massive room or whatever you had the house of black on their knees with their arms stretched out and the fiend standing there. And then somebody snaps the fiends neck. And then we cut to like the next week it's Bray. And like, well, like, but like I did like little vignettes in front of Bray where it was like seeing his armband. Um, <clears throat> I think I did a goat for yes, Brian, Brian. I yeah. did the Vipers striking the, yep. um, the camera. So like, I did little callbacks to that. And then it was just like, Bray's the one that killed the fiend. So I did that before Bray even announced that. It's true. He did that. Um, and I had no idea where I was going with that storyline yeah. when I wrote that.
0: That's the next question I'm going to ask you. Uh, and then I'll get back to uh, you maybe picking a storyline on my show. But that's the next question I'm going to ask you. Is like, how many storylines, and you don't have to give me an exact number. right? How many storylines did you know from beginning to end before you started? Like, did you have any picked out where you're like, this is where I'm starting, Yeah. this is where I'm ending, and I have a pretty good idea of how I'm going to get there?
1: Probably Seth and Triple H Okay. would be the first one. Yep. Um, I didn't know what the final match was going to look like, but I knew there was going to be something at the last show yeah. to end that. Sure. Um, probably Bray and Malachi as well was kind of like in the plans to always happen okay. um, at the end. Um, not from the beginning, but as soon as I picked up Finn Balor from you, I knew I wanted him in my main event on the final show. Okay. Um, because I tried to do the whole club. Yeah. At once. Yeah. Which once I got the whole bullet club, once I got the whole bullet club, I was like, oh, we're having fun with this. They're going to get huge and then they're going to fall apart. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, but yeah, those are probably the two. Main, like I knew, I knew I wanted Seth and Triple H to have something at the end. I knew I wanted Bray and Malachi to have something something at the end. I knew I wanted Seth and Moxley. I wanted, I knew I wanted Moxley to be the one to take the title off Seth. Yep. Like that's the thing I knew the most. Those three things were probably. If I had to pick, I mean, I think
0: I've already said it. I think Roman for me, I knew exactly where I was starting and where I was ending, and it worked out to perfection. I knew I drafted the rock as one of my secret picks at the draft. I figure you did. And I knew exact I knew when I drafted him, he wasn't facing Roman. He was yep. aligning with Roman. We yep. were getting heel rock. And it was just a matter of exactly how I assumed tag match, but I didn't know for sure like how are we getting that off. Right. Like I initially thought it was gonna be Rock and Roman against Austin and insert somebody. Right. Originally, it was going to be Austin and Cody against Rock and Roman. Yeah, but then when the Randy thing happened, then it sort of pivoted. Yeah, and it made sense because Randy's a third generation wrestler. Blah blah, whatever. I told the story; you guys have heard it. <laughs> but anyway, the Roman story, yeah, beginning to end, worked out exactly like I wanted it to. Yeah, I had it. Pl- I literally had month to month planned out exactly what he was going to do, and. I never deviated from
1: it. I think it worked. I think the Roman storyline is my favorite storyline. Really? From from your from your show. I think I really enjoyed a different side of of the bloodline. Yeah. Not necessarily always being in the title. Like he was always in the title picture, but like he had other stuff he had to go do and take care of, which I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um I think probably the probably that and then the rock coming back, I did not expect the the heel turn. So that was one of those where I was like, that that's a good swerve. Yep. That's a really good swerve.
0: That I I seriously, like I had that plan from moment one. Yep. I was like, he's turning. He because because if anybody listening to this that has a brain that is watching WWE right now wants yep. Rock Roman for WrestleMania. Right. So when anybody listening to this show would have found out that I had Roman and I drafted Rock and brought him in, you would think I'd put him put that match together. Right. No, that's why I went yep. the total opposite way and made it work. Yep. The other thing that I had planned from the beginning to the end is Matt Cardona turning on Brian Myers <laughs> and them wrestling <laughs> at the last show. I Exactly how his storyline worked out. Right. Is exactly the, him getting the world title, dropping it two weeks later. It's exactly the way I wanted it to happen.
1: Yeah, it I, worked out. It worked out really well. I, I really enjoyed that. I remember... Well, obviously it happened very recently, but like the episode where <clears throat> um you completely ripped off Triple H and Shawn Michaels' storyline. Yes. Um but where Cardona was like playing detective trying to figure out who did it and then yep. you get the, the interview with with Meyer saying it was you, Cardona. Yep. Uh, that whole thing was really, really interesting. Yeah. I loved it so much. It was so good.
0: That that specific episode was not in the plan. Right. But I stumbled upon it in this whole thing and it just yeah. it worked. It Absolutely. worked so well. Um, if you had to pick one person or one set of people mm-hmm. who was your favorite to book. Oh, And then your least favorite
1: to book. Okay. Who would it be? Um Probably John Moxley was my favorite to book. Okay. Uh he's not that he's easy, but like I feel like I have the same mindset as John Moxley when it comes to wrestling. Right. So like that, I got you. that made it a lot easier being like, yeah, we'll just go out and murder this person exactly. and we'll just go home. That's it. Um so probably Moxley was was my favorite person to book. The hardest person to book would probably be probably Bray. Okay. Like I loved booking Bray. Bray is probably my second favorite person to book but it was just so trying to come up with something creative that wasn't over the top spooky but like compelling and eerie and trying to move storylines along that was probably the one that was more difficult to do was that one also my least favorite thing I I think you asked this my least favorite thing I did this whole season Mm -hmm. I completely forgot my least favorite thing I did this whole season was that rumble Oh, I hated that. Fun. rumble. I hated that rumble.
0: Was it a matter of you thought it was a good idea, and once you got in it, it was like oh, this is terrible, or you just felt
1: like you had to do it? Um. Well, I that whole that pay per view was going to be my Money in the Bank moment, right? But you already did that, so I was like, well, I got to pivot now because he he did the Money in the Bank thing. I did and, it a month before you. Yeah, did. and yeah. so I was like, well, I could do a rumble. And you're like, yeah, uh, because we talked about this. And you're like, yeah, you should do like a ten-minute. I'm like, if I'm doing a rumble, I'm doing a rumble, doing it all. And uh, it was, I didn't hate like the rumble itself because I think the rumble itself was a cool idea. Yep. And like you had the moment of like Roman showing up, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Batista showing up and Goldberg showing up, which was really cool. Right. Um, it just it was so much to try to book. It was so much to try to book that I, and it made the month hard because I was building to the rumble. And I only had like three matches on the show, other than the Rumble. So like it was hard to book things throughout the the month because I didn't want to do storylines that weren't going to pay off in the Rumble. And I already had the next month basically already booked. Right. So like I, I just had to get through the month, and it was difficult to do that month. Speaking of like how you book, oh,
0: let me answer that question first. My favorite person to book was Stone Cold
1: Steve Austin. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because same
1: thing I, as Moxley, just go out there and
0: murder people and well, drink a I, beer. I also knew as the general manager that this show was i mean if you look at the logo it's a huge fist if you listen to the theme song it's about chaos right. Well, yours is over the top chaos but in a in a different way you right. know what i mean but with this show just being all over the place and being out of control like it was easy for austin to just you know try to gain control but he couldn't ever gain control and but that was a lot of fun to be able to tell that story and then i really enjoyed booking um Crap, who was it? I just had another person that I really enjoyed <laughs> booking. Um, I, I've, I'll tell you the person that was least enjoyable for me that I'm really upset about and that I have to try to get better at season two is Edge.
1: I, Edge was one of those I was like, I figured you would have used him a little more than you did. But yep. again, it's one of those, there's so much going on that you have to book for. Right. Some people are just going to slip through the cracks.
0: Sure. And Edge, unfortunately, got that. Season 2, it's going to be different, though. Yep. Speaking of that, let's pivot there. If you're looking into Season 2, yep. what's something in Season 1 that you felt like you didn't do well that you know you're going to do better at at Season 2 or you're going to make an effort to improve upon or
1: change in Season 2? Yep. I think more compelling world title storylines. Okay. Because I feel like... Well, the first month I did the tournament. Okay. Which, it's hard to do a storyline with the tournament, but like yes. you're yep. starting off your company, so why not do a tournament? If you're going to do a <laughs> tournament, why not do a tournament then? Right. Um, And then, like, Seth and Danielson was kind of whatever. Um, Because the thing with Seth was, like, Seth's whole underlying storyline was with Triple H. Yep. So, like, the title in some ways felt secondary. Sure. So then when Moxley took the title off of him, he went straight into the feud with um, – he took the title off Seth in month three. Month four was the Rumble, which is when he went into the feud with Kevin Owens. Right. Um, I think. Was it month four? Yeah, I think it was month four that that Moxley beat Owens. Month five, Moxley beat – No, it was month five that Moxley beat Owens. Month, yeah, month five was Moxley-Owens. Month four, month was four with no month. four was Seth Moxley because it, the turn happened at the Rumble because Jericho showed up. That's right, and cost Seth. No, 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 no. Here it is. Ready. Here we go. I figured it out. Month four was Seth KO at the Rumble. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what and Jericho it was Moxley said. and Roman. No, because Roman was in the Rumble. Roman was in the Rumble, and that match happened the 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 TV after. That's right. That's right. Moxley, f- him. I got it on my computer, I'm gonna have to look it up. Moxley faced somebody <laughs> um, because it wasn't Drew, and it wasn't.
0: It was. Um, it's
1: gonna bug me now.
0: Um, I don't remember who Moxley uh, faced.
1: This is embarrassing on my part. I booked the show and I can't remember. There's so much that happened though. There's God. so
0: much that happened. Oh my gosh.
1: A lot I'm glad of- I kept all these scripts, though. <laughs> oh, me too. I've got them all. Because it kicked off the show. No, Seth K.O. kicked off the show. Punk Moxley, that's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. Punk Moxley. Um, so he faced Punk, and then he faced Kevin, and then he faced Finn. Right. So like, there wasn't a whole lot of storylines being built into it, like long-term storylines. So I think that's what I'm going to focus on next season more is long-term storylines, mm-hmm. which I've kind of already have started that process of, of thinking how to do that. Yeah, that's one thing I'm going to make sure to do is I'm very happy with how Roman turned out,
0: very happy with how Cardona tar- started out. Or, You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> how it started and how it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned yeah. out. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm going to make sure that after we do the draft, I'm going to make sure that I sit down and I figure out. Because that was one thing is like I had these ideas of, things I how storylines I wanted them to go from month one to month six. Yeah. But I didn't know the exact matches of how I wanted to, you know, shape out the last show. Yeah. That's gonna be my thing is I'm gonna figure out what matches I want for the show and then try to work backwards that way. Right. But one thing that I know that I'm going to improve on is my women's division. Yes. Like, I felt like my women's division just sucked. Like, I had Alexa Bliss. I had Candice LeRae. I had Charlotte Flair. I will say that I'm very proud of how I booked Shayna Baszler early on. Yeah. Like, that coming out of nowhere and her being champion for, like, three months. Yeah. Like, I, I was very proud of that. That was... When I drafted her, I was like, she's winning the title first. And, you know, I'm I'm proud of that, but... Everybody else, you know, kind of got the shaft, so I want to get better at that. The other favorite wrestler to book that I forgot that I've remembered now, and the reason I forgot him is because I traded him to you. It's Chris Jericho.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Jericho's way that I
0: was a the way that I booked Jericho, especially like my crowning moment of the whole season was episode one with R Truth. Yep. And Chris Jericho. <laughs> it was all downhill after that. It was. But I knew <laughs> when I drafted r True that he was going to be in a segment with Chris Jericho and something like that was going to happen, and it was going to be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i glad I picked him up from you. Yes. And uh, spoiler alert, he's on my protected list. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. I've got a good plan for Jericho in, in season two, so oh, I'm looking forward to it. I wanted him back, but it's fine. <laughs> um, Is
0: there a wrestler... Going back to season one, not looking ahead to season two anymore, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. Is there a wrestler that you used a lot more on your show than you would have thought that you would have?
1: Yeah, um, I used MJF a lot more. Okay, than I thought I would. Okay, um, which I'm totally fine with because uh, the storyline with him and McAfee was one of my favorite things I did. Okay, this season, um, and then him trying to <laughs> him trying to uh, be the one to face Seth at the the line. then the one that was hilarious that's just completely wiping him out backstage was fantastic um i use mjf a lot more than i thought i would um i used ruby soho a lot more than i thought i did Especially i was really happy when she got in the bullet Club. when that i put her really part of the cool. bullet club i yeah. was like uh, that was kind of that wasn't planned from the beginning but that was like thinking about it like ruby part of the bullet club would be really cool yeah. and they need like a, a a part of the women's division yep. So like that was one of them that was I I really really enjoyed that, um. Probably MJF though, was the one I th- I didn't think I would use as much, as I ended up using them. You're gonna get a kick out of this. You ready? Uh, I bet I know who yours is.
0: Oh, guess who is it?
1: Double J. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Nowhere on my radar oh, yeah. was Jeff Jarrett wrestling
1: all six months. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> when the running joke started, yeah, I
1: had to run uh- with it. That I may change my mind on my favorite storyline of the year. My favorite storyline of the year might be just Jeff Jarrett.
0: Jeff Jarrett getting a world title match in months. Oh two? my
1: gosh! And I thought he won it for a second. too. <laughs> Me and Brad about flipped the table. We both said if Jar if Jarrett beats Roman, we're flipping the table and walking out of here right now.
0: Oh, I loved it so much. I loved <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, especially getting that world title shot because I'm like, this is why this show is so much fun. And for, like, if you guys listen to the show, you know that Andy and I have worked together on a lot of things. Yeah. Like, Roman Reigns was absolutely not supposed to appear on your show. But when it was in the plans all along for yeah. him to take a month off and then come back. It was not in the plans for him to be on an Andy's show. But when he appeared on Andy's show, or when we talked about it, I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. So for all the times that we worked together, that's great. But for all the times that we keep things from each other, oh, to pop each other, like when I when the pop happened, mm-hmm. the first time Jeff Jarrett showed up, mm. <laughs> I, I immediately, I was like, I'm pivoting, he's facing Roman. <laughs> it's going to happen. He, I don't care if it's on the TV or what. He is facing Roman for the belt. And yeah. then it just happened to work out that I got to a pay-per-view with that. Yeah. I knew I had to
1: do it. Right. Because it made sense. I'm trying to think what I did to try to pop you a couple of times. Like the, towards the end, the Sean stuff with triple H. Oh my I gosh. Trying to pop you. It was with. So good. Um, I loved it so much. Maybe the John Moxley and Seth Rollins promo, yes. the contract signing—that was the one that. That was so. Oh, I remember that so vividly yeah. because because after it,
0: I was like, "What color suits he wearing?" I like that, that's all I'm missing right now yeah. is what color suits he's when wearing.
1: I, I think when I told you like that's the color exactly I thought he was going to wear. Yeah, too. like it was it was just one of those like so good stuff like that I did. And then like when when Brad was with us, I tried to do stuff with Bray yes. and with Brock. Like I remember, I specifically remember I got him good with. Brock and Bischoff being together. Yes. Because I completely forgot I did that until just now. Uh,
0: <laughs> I did too.
1: Brock great. and Bischoff being together because he was like, those are the two most people like those those are the top two people I hate the most in professional wrestling, and you put them together. I hate you for it.
0: Yeah, like,
1: yeah that's why I did it. Like, exactly <laughs>
0: right. It. That's exactly right. Last question before we sort of, you know, put a bow on season one and preview season two and let you know when we're drafting and all that kind of fun stuff. Who are the – you don't even have to pick just one. You can pick others. Who are the people on my roster that you looked at, like, all seasons? Like, I really want them. Like, I really need those people. Yeah. And
1: I'm very mad that I do not have them. Um, there was a portion where, like, Roman was like that for me. Okay. I wanted Roman. Um, Probably, like, Randy. Okay.
0: Ooh, Randy, that's fun. Yeah. I didn't book him a lot this season either. No,
1: but, like, the moments you did, I was like, man, I forgot about Randy. Like, Randy would fit so well in some of these storylines. Yeah. Um, At the beginning, it was like, I cannot believe I let Finn Balor go. Mm. Like, I cannot believe Finn. Even going back and listening to it, I was like, I cannot believe. Because when you said Finn Balor, I was like, I forgot about him on my list. And he was right there on my list. Yeah. That was the one that was like, that's the one that got away. (laughs) I was like, Finn Balor was my one that got away, and then I got him back. So I was happy about that. Um... Probably Roman would be at the top of the sure. list, and then, oddly enough, Brett Baker. Okay, was another one because I was like, man, I got Becky. Brett and Becky would be fantastic. Yep. Brett and Sasha would be fantastic. Yep. Um, so like that was probably another one. I was like, man, I wish I really wish I had them. Sasha was one for me,
0: and I, I was able to to get her in right. a trade, which I'm very happy about. But Sasha was one for me. Becky was obviously one yeah. for me, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get Becky without giving up Roman. Yeah. Which I wasn't yeah, going to do. Yeah.
1: I basically told you from the beginning, like I'm not, the only way I'll give up Becky is for Roman. Yeah. And that wasn't <laughs> going to happen.
0: Um, Seth, obviously, but now that full disclosure that that trade has yeah. happened, it will be interesting to see what yeah. happens in, in month two. I'll tell you one for me, but I couldn't figure out where to fit him in and, you can go ahead and know that he is very high on my draft list as Drew McIntyre.
1: I really, really want a Drew. He's on my list now, too. Well, because I've got, I've, I've I've thought about plans for him for season two, especially like full disclosure, especially since the Roman trade has happened now. Like, yep. there's so much there with, with Roman and Drew. Yep. Um. Plus, another person that I know you probably have zero interest in getting that I'm very excited about trying to pick up. Okay. Um, okay. But, yeah, Drew's gonna be one that I think we're gonna we're gonna fight we're gonna fight over we're gonna fight, fight over Drew. But I'll tell you the big one, the
0: one that and and this person is what sp- what sparked me to write this question and to make sure that I asked this question. Yeah, the one all season long. Can you guess it? Triple H. Nope. Bischoff. Kevin Owens. Really? He's the one uh, from day one to the end. And I knew again that there was no point in offering a trade to you.
1: It have to be Roman because it would have had to have been
0: Roman or somebody of that sort.
1: Yeah. But he's the one. Yeah.
0: yeah. That yeah. I have said the whole time. I'm like,
1: God, oh, that's who I wanted. Yeah. Was Kevin Owens. Yeah. I there would it would be very difficult for me to give up Kevin yeah. Owens even yeah. even going into season like sh- spoiler alert he's on my protected list too. Sure. It would be very difficult to give up Kevin Owens for that. Yep. He's he was the one. Yeah. Kevin Owens. Yeah. I think. Because so I'm trying to think back on your roster. Another one that's kind of surprising, Andrade, Ooh, was one that I was like, I would love to have Andrade. I drafted him and didn't use him a whole lot. Yeah, and I was like, I wish I could have picked up Andrade.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Right. And then Cody
0: was one for me, but we managed to work out a deal for Cody. Yeah. I can't believe I included AJ in that trade. but I was fine with it. But I did. Yeah. Um,
1: And then when I got AJ, I didn't use AJ a whole lot.
0: Right. He was a part of Bullet Club. Right. Yeah. Most I'm I'm overall like satisfied yep. with how season 1 went and how my roster was constructed and all that. Yeah. Um as we look ahead to season 2, we know that we are going to trim our rosters down a little bit more even. Um backstage personnel and non-wrestlers and managers and all that aren't going to count towards our cuz those are we're, we'll openly talk about Getting those and all that kind of stuff, right, unless it's somebody that just absolutely like we did fight over Taz and we did fight over Taz. So that was that, that was the I and mean, like
1: you, you wanted to punch me in the face of the draft when I picked up both Triple H and Bischoff back, oh to my back. gosh, that was back to back because <sighs> you already had Paul Heyman and Chelsea Green. yeah. And so you're like, yeah, go ahead and pick two in a row. And I was like, okay, Triple H and Bischoff. <laughs> I knew I wanted I knew I needed Triple H for a revision. So mad. And like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought about putting Bischoff as GM. But then I picked up Regal too. And I was like, Regal's gotta be my GM.
0: Well see that and originally you had McFoley
1: as your GM. Yeah. What a lot of people don't remember. Yeah.
0: But um yeah, those were the top two choices on my GM list. Yeah. Was Triple H and Eric Bischoff. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how those things I just, shake
1: out. When I when I picked up Brock and I was looking at the manager list, and I was like, obviously I can't use Paul Heyman. I was like Bischoff would be very interesting. With sure Brock. He would. Like, I feel like they would work really well together. Sure. I mean, I think it would have worked great if you had ran with it a little bit. Excuse me, a little bit
0: longer. But, I mean, it, I can't remember who killed Bischoff. Uh, I think it
1: was Bray. I don't remember. Was it Bray? No, it was Punk. Oh, that's right. It was Punk. That's right. Yeah, Punk took him out. That's right. Um, but
0: as we look ahead to season two, we're going to trim our rosters down to 30. Total people. <laughs> and the way that is going to work, tag teams count as one. Yep. So there will be extra people on our roster, like yep. more than 30 people. But we will have 10 people that we will protect, which we will announce that list before the draft starts of the people that we are protecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't announce it here, so we'll leave you hanging on that. So 10 people that we will protect. And then the big three-for-three trade that happened at the end of the the end-of-the-line show. Of course, we've alluded to it. It's Roman and the Usos for Seth Rollins and FTR. Those will not count towards our protected, nor will they count against who we are drafting. They are automatically on our roster. So that is 13. We will then proceed to...
1: 12, technically.
0: Technically, 12. (laughs) We will then proceed to draft... Fort, I guess that's right. It would be twelve. Because the tag, team, of the tag team, so we will draft fifteen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, fifteen superstars. Okay, man, woman, tag, tag team, team. part time, all the time doesn't matter. <laughs> fifteen superstars, and then we will have three additional surprise picks for a total of thirty superstars, thirty spots yep. on the roster. So, 15 and 3 plus, that's that's 18, Mm -hmm.
1: plus the 12, Mm -hmm. that's 30. Yep. Plus, after every month, drops and pickups. We will add two, probably. Probably. Probably two. Because
0: the thing that we pigeonholed ourselves in in season one that we're both going to get better at season two is there, there were people in the free agent pool, but we really had to... Pull for some from some stuff, you yeah. know. We drafted a lot of stars, yeah. And that's one thing too that we sort of ran into is, who do you beat? <laughs> yeah. You got to draft people to beat.
1: You that's be- what MJ, like MJF basically became a jobber, for me. Yeah. And then like Sami Zayn won the title, but he was also a jobber. Drew McIntyre was not necessarily a jobber, but like didn't win a whole lot.
0: <laughs> you knew every time Dolph Ziggler came to the ring, he was going to lose yeah. for me. Yeah. And Carmella, so yeah. poor Carmella. It was that. That was a fun storyline too. I didn't even think with it. That was a fun storyline to do. All right, that's man. Anything else? Season one.
1: It was a lot of fun, and I, you know, kind of talking back and talking about it and going back. There was a lot I don't remember <laughs> because we've been doing this for six months, and yep. like the newest stuff is fresh, fresher on my mind. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, I just it was a lot of fun doing this. I'm looking forward to next season. Um, I'm looking forward to some of the. uh obstacles we're going to purposely put in our way as well, which we'll talk about. I can't wait. I'm sure we'll talk about uh, its draft. Yes, we are going to talk about the draft. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it and um, you never know what you're going to do. You never know what you're going to see. You never know who's going to show up. You never know what's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Um, If you listen to our regular pod, you heard that Tyler Peters is going to join us as our third man, as our moderator for PBWF, which I'm very excited about. I think Tyler's going to bring some interesting takes to the PBWF, and it'll be good to get some immediate storyline feedback yep. and, you know, a third person in the in the chair and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fun. So we told you at the beginning of the show we're going to tell you when the draft is, ladies and gentlemen. Tuesday, March the 28th is when the draft special will air for season two. The follow that is the week of WrestleMania. If you guys are keeping track at home. So we do a lot of episodes throughout WrestleMania week. The draft is going to be one of them. And then the very next week, so that will be April the 4th, you will get week 1 of season 2. Yep. First televisions April the 4th, and then the draft will be the week before on the 28th. If any of that changes, which the chance that it will obviously. Yep. Then we'll keep it, it keep it tuned into the podcast, we'll share it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know be on the lookout for uh, new logos. Mm, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Maybe new theme. Maybe new theme. Spoiler alert! I haven't decided yet. My my end. Um, there's just there's a lot that that's going to change in season two.
0: It's going to be uh, like season one, like we talked about. It's a proving ground. Like we're gonna yeah. figure out what we like, what we don't like, what we're gonna change. There may and-
1: even be some new titles.
0: There's you never go, know. There's gonna be some new titles. You never know. I'll just tell you right now. Oh, that, gonna be, that's a there's, spoiler.
1: There's gonna be some new titles.
0: That's a spoiler. Yeah. There's gonna be some new titles. Yeah. Um,
1: Cody may want to come back to my show when it's all said and done.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> see, I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going.
1: Well, I go and tell you right now. You have to trade your own reigns for <laughs> it. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes for Roman and insert jobber. <laughs> Fat chance. Pat McAfee. There you go. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway.
0: You
1: the, you considered it for a second.
0: The talks have already begun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll see who else I draft, and then I'll
1: tell you. There you all. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, uh, that's going to do it. That's a, that is a bow on season one officially. Again, Tuesday, March the twenty eighth will be the season two draft. Get ready for that. We had a lot of fun with this. You know, we talked about doing this for a long time. Like we said at the beginning of the show, trying to find different ways to do it, and ultimately what we settled on, we're very happy with. And we said we didn't know how it was going to go. We're going to give it a shot, but we knew we were going to have fun with it. And daggum, we've had fun and. We've been talking about Season 2
1: for a very long time. We've been talking about Season 2 since like month 3. Yes.
0: <laughs> I think so. Yes, we certainly have. <laughs> so, uh, get ready. Tuesday, March 28th will be your draft for Season 2. Um, but make sure you're subscribed to this feed. That way you know when that pops up in case you forget. But mark your calendars Tuesday, March 28th. Also, make sure you follow us at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you do that. We would appreciate it very much. All right. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Season 1 recap of the PBWF. We'll catch you guys down the road.